1: this is the gastroenteritis blues my name is steve Lippmann. i am with danville Pone. i am not with emily anderson who is still uh rejoicing from her uh wedding weekend but uh, emily will be back with us this week for locker room uh and i expect people to tune into that and ask her personal questions um and how are you doing how was your weekend
2: it was good i'm home now which is nice um back from Pittsburgh for a little bit, and I, yeah. I saw a Pirates game. I missed the Sixers game last night because I was I went to the, my first Pirates game I ever went to, but it was a good time, so pretty good weekend. How about you?
1: Yeah, not bad. Um, uh, we have been dog-sitting Gab's family dog, which has been very That's nice. so fun. Yeah, that's really fun, and uh, we love dogs, and we're looking forward to getting one someday, and um, tonight I think we're going to order dinner. What's your dinner plan?
2: So my mom made ham and pineapple stuffing because I was coming home. Wow! So I had is that some one of already. your favorite things? Um, I don't. It, I like it. You know, it's mm. good. Um, but I appreciated her making that. I had some earlier. It was very good. I'll have some more for dinner. Yeah. That's what great. are you ordering? Pizza? You I don't know. Pizza?
1: We haven't decided. <laughs> There's, there is pizza. There is uh, uh, Chinese or Thai. There's uh, sandwiches. We uh what well, what would your favorite of those be?
2: Mm, either sandwiches or pizza. But mm. I also I also eat like um 10, so
1: yeah, what's your favorite food? Uh
2: could be mac and cheese. Um mm. uh, mm, I don't know. I love I mean I love a good sandwich, but that's pretty broad. Uh, growing up parents, I, I ate
1: I was gonna say, are your parents good cooks?
2: Yeah. So supposedly my dad's a very good cook, and like, but everything he makes for me is pretty basic because I don't eat a lot.
1: <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: I've gotten better. I've gotten better. I'm working on it.
1: And is it pickiness? Because I'm I can be pretty picky.
2: Yeah, it's it's pickiness. Like I so like I don't eat sauce on pizza. I don't like it. Doesn't really? do it for me.
1: Only I pizza white without pizza. sauce.
2: Well, I could get it with like a white sauce. I don't like red sauce at all.
1: Wow. So marinara sauce never, never marinara. sauce.
2: I mean, like I'll eat, like if I had it, like if it's light, I could eat it. And like, I prefer it's not on there, but like, you know, it's not, you know, I would never purposely get it. Like a lot of times I'll get it by accident. And like, if it's just a little bit, it's fine. But if it's too much, I'm like, I don't even want to eat this.
1: If you were, and we'll talk about the Sixers eventually, if you were at like a birthday party, where you're not in charge of like ordering anything and they just have a thing. And the thing that they have is cheese pizza. Would you find a way to get the sauce off of it?
2: No. It's like when I was younger, I would just not eat the pizza, but wow. I didn't even try. I didn't even try pizza. Like, I guess I tried it and didn't like it, but I never even tried a white pizza until I was, like, obviously like, I wasn't that old, but I was like, you know, maybe 10 or something. So like, you yeah. know, when you're a kid, you go to birthday parties, you're like, five, six, seven, eight. And like, you know, they have, of course, you're you're go to whatever place that they have the kids party and they have pizza because that's, we have a kid's party and I would just not eat.
1: Wow. That's very interesting. Um, The Sixers, the last time we talked was on Thursday, we did a locker room and uh, that was before the game with new Orleans. So since we last talked, they played new Orleans, they lost to new Orleans. And then on Saturday night, they beat Oklahoma city. Um, so we should get into that. The, uh, the New Orleans game was bad. It was a bad game. I had to watch it on delay. Um, but, uh, Zion proved too much for basically anybody on the Sixers to handle. He had a great game. Um, and I don't think anybody on the Sixers played well at all. And that includes Joel, who usually, even when he doesn't have a good game, it's usually a good game for anybody, but I I think it was just a plain bad game for him. Uh, Steven Adams is not a perfect matchup just because he's one of the only guys in the league that is big and strong in a way that NB can't really bully. And he's not super gullible on his pump fakes. And Joe, Joel jo had a good first quarter against him, but then it really, they really couldn't, couldn't get on top of it. So that was like, I think the worst performance that we've seen from like the full starting five, uh, if not the whole season, then, then at least in a long time, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, it kind of it felt like a weird one. Like, I, I picked them to lose that game at the beginning of the week. And then yeah. on, on locker room, I said yeah. I changed my mind because guys were out. But the, I don't know. That's For some reason, it felt like a, a, a losable game. I know there was a – I'm trying to think of the game recently. Oh, maybe the Nuggets game where the Sixers were basically back from the jump, but Joel didn't play. Um, right. But, yeah, I mean, for the most part, they haven't had games where they were – um like just that thoroughly beaten um and 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 it it definitely feels worse that joel only had 14,
1: uh, mm-hmm.
2: i think that because like, you' just you expect from him basically 30 at this point right um but i mean it's not the end of the world there's been so few of those like none of my concerns about the sixers have to do with the fact that like sure they might i guess they could throw one of these into the playoffs but other teams, I feel like have these games even more often than the Sixers. Like Consistency is not really my concern. It happens to everyone.
1: Yeah, no, I I mean, and when you think about that, the fact that we can say it's been so long since we had one of those games is like, if you looked at last year, they had so many of those games where, especially on the road, they're playing a bad team and they just get their asses kicked. So this year, this is like one of, seems like it was just one of those games and you don't have it every night. And uh, I don't really have a, problem with it other than it would have been nice to as they're trying to buy for the first seed to to keep winning. But uh Brooklyn lost uh very badly on Saturday night to, to the Lakers to the Lakers with no Anthony Davis and no LeBron. So and they were at home they lost by 25 at home to that team which is just a very Yeah it's surprising because they've also been great against
2: the West all year. Like, yeah right you know most most every other, other teams in the east are like better against the East because the East stinks. And the Brooklyn's like 19 and 11 against the East and so much better against the West. So I I didn't expect them to. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean, they don't they didn't have Harden Harden's out, I think, for about a week now. Um, But usually a game like that happens to a good team on the road. Uh, I feel like it's rare that, that you sort of lay that kind of stinker at home. Um, I certainly don't think it's very indicative of, of Brooklyn's long-term anything. Um, then the Sixers played Oklahoma City, who are, who are very uh, are uh, very eager about their tanking. and um, The Sixers, I think, was just a lot better than them in every way, and I don't think the game was in doubt. I loved, uh, uh, at least as long as it's not a uh, long-term anything, which I don't think it is, but I loved getting a day off for Danny Green and Tobias. Um, Tobias had missed a couple games because he was part of that health and safety protocols thing when when uh, Seth caught COVID. Um, but uh, I don't think that Danny Green had missed a single game before this one, so I'm happy that they got him a day off. And especially, they have a really tough stretch coming up that I just wrote about. They have like a seven game stretch against all you know either good to very good teams that could be very big in terms of this race for the one seat. So I love those guys getting a little break. Uh, Joel played well and under control and didn't have to play in the fourth quarter, which is especially what you want on the second night, back to back Uh Furcon had a great game, which he just on the won. road. He'll roll one out every now and then, but usually at home. Yeah. Um, any other takeaways from this game against OKC? No, I will, So, like I said,
2: I wasn't able to watch it. I just saw some highlights, but um, yeah. Yeah. F- f- Road Furcon of last year, it doesn't feel like that player's really around anymore. Um, mm-hmm. not that he's just incredible all the time, but it's not such a stark difference where he's just like basically, you know, doing nothing on the road. And then the other thing I saw that like Ben hit two pretty mini jump shots, mm-hmm. um, which I saw some people were excited about. I kind of don't care. Um they were like they were like five footers and he's usually like he shoots he'll usually shoot like a runner from there or something but he shoots yeah he's fine from that distance so i don't feel like you know it's not like he's adding a, an area of where he, up to the court where he's scoring from it, it it was basically in the paint wasn't it
1: there was one season was it like towards the end of a season where he was taking a million of those they're all you know two-point jumpers that are like free throw line and in um but he was like very actively taking a lot of those and a lot of them were sort of gross a lot of them were like turn (laughs) around like fade away when he didn't necessarily need to but I I remember looking at those and thinking you know it's growth that he's shooting these at all and hopefully this is like a sign of things to come this year I feel like we've seen very very few of them he's shot oh yeah a few threes um uh you know I, I certainly will never object to him taking a jump shot or two but it's not exactly you know like I'm not super excited about it but uh I think that it's, I think that he should take jump shots. That's my official yeah. position. I don't expect them at all, but, uh,
2: yeah, that's, that's how <laughs> I, I feel. About it. I'm all that's so that's weird. I'm almost like for years, I was like, you know, Ben, just take them, just take them, you know, but I feel like, you know, he's 24 now, almost 25. And I've kind of, I've not just like given up on him. I think everyone would agree. They've basically given up and like, if it happens, it will be unexpected. it will be great. Um, But I'm at a point where it's like, I don't want him taking them in the games. uh, Honestly, like if I, cause I watched like Giannis do it and Giannis gets all this credit from the national media. Oh, like he's working on it. He takes them, you know, if he's open, he's going to take it and he sucks at them and they look horrible and he scores fewer points because he's taking these awful shots and it's bad for the team. Like it's such a win if he takes that shot. And that's why. You know, and again, he's around the same age. He's a little older, and these guys aren't 19, and these guys aren't on a team that, like, you know, Ben's rookie season, right? The Sixers like went on a, a huge tear at the end of the season to get mm. the three seed, but they weren't really expected to win anything, and they were very much still in a development stage. Yeah, um, and they're not anymore. I mean, they're obviously looking for a title right now. I'm, I'm, I obviously wish Ben could shoot. But I'm kind of I don't really want him to because I don't think he's very good at it. I know he makes a couple, but he only takes them when he's wide open and he's still not shooting at it a crazy good percentage. Um, I know some people think it looks fine. It looks it's his jumper still looks a little awkward to me. I mm-hmm. feel like we're just so used to all the videos on Twitter of him taking him. And <laughs> I, I like I'm happy he doesn't if like if the alternative is, I mean, I guess I would I would love to have Giannis. But that particular aspect of Giannis' game drives me nuts. I wouldn't want Ben doing. that.
1: I totally – I get that, and I, and I agree with that. And also the good news is that whether we want him to or not, I think the answer is that he's not going to. So <laughs> um, uh, I would I, – you know, it's sort of hard to say. But I can't help but think when I look at him – when I watch him shoot corner threes that I just feel like he could shoot them at a fine percentage. He probably could. He probably could. He's not going to, this is like sort of a fantasy land conversation, but um, especially as you know, we talked about this last week, but like Daryl has looked at bringing in point guards to this team. And in that case, you really need a more sort of versatility out of Simmons offense. Um, This actually will just lead us into uh, what Joel said after the game, Uh, after the game against Oklahoma city, Joel was talking about uh, Simmons, and and he was asked whether or not he wants to look for, wants Simmons to look for his scoring more. This is from Derek Bodner. Uh Joel said, for sure, he's a playmaker, and he wants to be a playmaker. He wants to get everyone involved. But at times, you also need to just be aggressive and make guys on the other team guard him. Like tonight, we saw it. I was really excited when he made those two shots. He's starting to be comfortable. He's getting back to where he was right before the all-star break. So he's got to keep on doing it. Joel has said this like a number of times throughout the years, like in different sort of ways. Um, I definitely think that like it, we've uh, we've probably talked about this too, but like, I think it means something to him that Simmons tries to score on offense because, you know, the Sixers aren't a team that's going to just outshoot everybody Um, And things are a little harder on offense. So they really do need all they can get. Um, You know, Joel in the past has talked about shooting more threes than he wants to, because with a player like Ben and with him, you know, you need threes to go up. So I I do think that, you know, Joel understands, you know, the effect that saying that in the media could have. Um, Ben is sort of an enigma where it feels like, sometimes it's a choice that he's not looking at the rim or not going to the rim. Uh, I certainly agree with him that I think that Simmons needs to be aggressive. And, you know, I, I just don't really care if, if, if it ends up being like a whatever six for 15 shooting night, like I'm okay with that because it means that we're getting looks at the rim and like, and, and there are guys who are shooting more, especially Ben who's so talented. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we, we talked a lot about Ben, but I, I think that, some increased aggression from him would be great on offense. Cause I think it does a lot more uh, than just like affect his point total. What do you think?
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. I think that for a guy who, and, and like you said, you know, it would be great if Ben was more versatile offensively, but for now, he's not playing a ton off the ball. And I don't think we'll be in a situation really where he's going to have to play a ton of minutes off the ball. But I think it does, you know, hurt is his ability obviously like to play with certain guys like Jimmy. Um, that was you know kind of an issue in the playoffs that Jimmy had the ball more. Um and and so, but since we're we are in the situation where he has the ball in his hands, um, you would at least expect him to score with, you know, it's not like he's playing off the ball, which you know, we talked about earlier. We would like him to, you know get you know add more to his game in a fantasy world where maybe he takes a corner three or something to be more comfortable the offense is going through him and he has the ball so much and i know he wants to pass first but they need points out of him and you can't spend you know there are certain games where the sixers you know don't look right and, and a lot of times it's so frustrating that it feels like you know offensively they're the ball is you know more than half of the time in the hands of a guy who doesn't really want to look to score. Like you need to always be a threat to score the ball, even if it's just, you know, to help his passing, to, yeah. you know, make make the defense have to to come help when he drives. I'm looking at his at his numbers and um obviously, you know, Ben has struggled lately, but Ben struggled to start the year. I don't think he struggled this bad to start the year. Um like Ben was had some pretty rough stretches. Um, and like especially rough like say like you know two or three games in a row but lately he has gone nine straight games without scoring higher than 15 points mm-hmm. like that's that's the last game was the that Warriors game on March 23rd where they um were up huge and then blew it and then came back and win uh I'm sorry came back and won uh Ben had 22 that game since then he's had 9 15 11 5 14 7 12 10, 13. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if he's, I mean, he is going to have the ball a lot and the Sixers need him to score. I mean, he's a talented player. So, I mean, I agree with Joel. I think he's, he's right. I mean, Ben should be looking to score because they need it from him and he can do it. We've seen him do it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and this, uh, you know, I feel like the Ben's biggest fans will probably think that this overlooks what makes him so good. And it's not, you know, like, I think you and I would both either have him one or two in the defensive player of the year. Um, he's a great playmaker. He's a good rebounder. Like he does a lot that helps his team really. And and during the regular season, if Joel's playing well, Ben can continue doing this, you know, scoring 13 points. Like they can probably get away with that um, yeah, as long yeah. as Tobias, you know, they can do that in the playoffs though. I think that, you know, a one week spell like this, where he, loses his aggression and all that kind of stuff can be really hard because teams are going to really be scheming for Joel. And I think a lot of times make the other Sixers beat them. So Ben has to be one of those other guys. So uh, we've seen, we've seen how great he can be this year. So it's in there. Uh, I just really hope that, you know, another great stretch coincides when they, with, when they need it most, which will be in the playoffs.
2: Well, and like we've talked about though, you know, I think that Ben more than other players is easy to look at when he has a great stretch and be like, oh, he could do this all the time. Right. And we've said no one looks at other players who get hot and have a couple 30 point games and think they could do this all the time. And I think the reason that people do it is, you know, Ben, when he's hot and when he's getting to the rim and finishing at the rim, it looks so easy. He's not hitting threes. You know, it, it, he's, you know, more athletic than, than most guys. And, and it looks like it's coming so easy to him. And so, and so everyone says, you know, um, Oh, he, he could just, you know, he could just do this. Um, but the thing is, he's really never shown in his career that he can just do that all the time. You know, he's mm-hmm. been, he's had a great career so far. I think, you know, he's basically been a top 30 player in the league every, every year, arguably not this year because he has struggled for such a, you know, sustained stretch here. But, Mm -hmm. um, I I think that, you know, he's probably, he he is that player. He's also the player that's struggling a lot right now. And he's often a player in between, but I I don't think for him that you can just write off the fact that like, whatever's the cause it's not, it's clearly not as simple as him just doing it. You know, like, it's not like he can snap his fingers and all of a sudden he's that player. I think there's I, I can't even put a finger on it. I even went back and I and I, I tried to compare um, some of his shots in the games where he was, you know, I watched, you know, clips from the Jazz game, and I was comparing that to the um, Cavs game. Um, and, you know, the, the Jazz game when he had 42, the Cavs game when he had five, and um, he was still going strong. Like, there were two, like, you know, that when he was being real physical when he was, you know, didn't really start the season playing super physically. And then, you know, I thought there was a play in the, in the jazz game where he just went through favors. Yeah. Um, like when went right through him on the drive is beautiful. And he finished. And then I watched him do the same thing in the Cavs game. I forget who it was against. I think it was, um, might've been Dean Wade. Um, and he still went right through him. He just missed the layup. And it's mm-hmm. like as simple as it sounds like, he should just make the layup, you know. He should just go take more looks. For some reason, he he hasn't shown that he will do that consistently over his career. He has he's always had this, you know. He had the 23-game stretch last season, um, which is to be fair, a huge stretch. He played great for a long time um before he got hurt last season. Or I'm sorry, before COVID, he got hurt after COVID. Joel got yeah. um, and but then he he has also always had. Not this bad, but, you know, times where he's less aggressive. And that's, I think that's just the player he is.
1: Yeah. You know, you look at somebody like him and it really becomes like, he is not as bad as he was for, you know, the most, he hasn't been especially bad the last, you know, couple of games, but the the recent stretch where he was really bad and he is not as great as he was for that few weeks before the all-star game. He really is somewhere in the middle there the Sixers as presently constructed will need him to be closer to that good stretch than the bad stretch when it really matters. Um, so I hope that they can, they can do that. I'm sure that doc and them are working on ways and maybe, maybe the roster isn't perfect of course, because the backup center isn't a stretch guy um, because you know, they're an offense centered around Joel Embiid, all, all this kind of stuff that I don't really, because for me, it's like, we're mad that Dwight can't shoot threes, but, like, shouldn't we also direct our anger at, at the 24-year-old who hasn't changed his offense in any way? You know, of course, now right, we're in I the mean, middle of the, the season, and there's only so much you can do. So it's like, I get that fans yeah. are like, well, this, this is what it is, and they need to build the right roster. I just think that the the blame should really fall on on his side of the better player. Right, exactly. One the better, more failing who, who also
2: positionally is, he's the positionally weird one, right? There's this player that people want that can, you know, the way he gives you a lot, he defends okay when he's locked in and he, he gives you some offense. He gets a lot of offensive rebounds, right? You want those things out of your center. You don't yeah. want just some dude who doesn't do anything but can stand around and shoot. You don't want that. I mean, and you're yeah. not going to find, you're not going to get a guy on the minimum or even under $10 million. Who wants to come off the bench, who can, you know, still rebound, who can still defend bigs and and, yeah. and be agile defensively and shoot the three. That player is not no one has that as their backup center. So Ben has to be able to figure. And I don't think I think him and Dwight are honestly not the end of the world. I think mm-hmm. people kind of overreact to I think they're mostly fine together. But in the ways they're not, I don't blame Dwight for that. You know, they yeah. definitely have their struggles. They're not a perfect fit, but they're I I I put, I, I, I'm sorry. I blame Ben for that. I put that, I put that more on Ben.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, again, we've seen it all with the same roster. We've seen Ben have to have this great stretch with this current roster. So uh, it right. really just, you know, Tony Bradley isn't here anymore, but I don't think Tony Bradley was the reason that Ben was going on. No. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I, I'd love to see more out of him. I think that him and Joel, I do think like each other at this point, And I feel like they, yeah, Neither of them is trying to get the other out of here. I think that they both want to make it work. And um, I hope that, that Ben performs at that level because he can be such a, an important player to them uh, in the playoffs. Or you can see like in the Toronto series when they just had to sort of move him off ball and, and sort of ignore him. Uh, so I really hope that isn't the case because they don't have the firepower to withstand that uh, with this current roster. Sixers added uh the new oldest player <laughs> on the team, Anthony Tolliver. He uh I believe has shot uh 38% from three for the last seven seasons. He um is a basketball player. He hasn't played yet this year, uh, and he signed on a 10-day with the Sixers. And uh he seems to be just and oh yeah, I wanted I wanted to read you. There's a uh, Doc Rivers answer about. They asked uh, Doc about signing Anthony Tolliver and Doc was just ready with the cold water for all the fans that were really excited about Tolliver. Uh, Doc said, I don't know about minutes unless you want me to bench Tobias. Just quickly here. um, That's not, that's not who we want you to bench. Um, He goes, unless you want me to bench Tobias or somebody like that. Just joining the team, hopefully soon, I don't even know the answer. Maybe in Dallas, and if not, probably right when we return from return home from them. You Is know, Tobias the last man in the rotation? You know, he's a veteran. He can shoot the ball, been around the block, which I think this team needs, so I think he can help in that regard. Doc, um, there's a player in the rotation right now who can't play basketball. Can we try <laughs> to throw t- – now, listen – when, this, when George Hill plays, which I mean, who knows, but when George Hill plays, I don't think We're going to have to take minutes away from Tobias. <laughs> you're going to have to bench Tobias. Um, <laughs> like, I don't think we need a backup for off the bench. Like, I think that between mm-hmm. Furkan and Matisse and, and everybody else, like how many, how many power forwards are really posting everyone up? It's like much more often it's a three slash four than a four slash five at this point. Um, yeah, that
2: position doesn't need to even exist in the playoffs. That spot, no, in that
1: no, and it won't. I really don't think it will. Um, but you know, to me, it seems like a totally fine flyer to see if he can make a couple threes in the Mike Scott minutes. But Doc doesn't necessarily seem exactly, uh, I it, love it's, that it's it, off the table. It's just, like, I don't know about minutes. I got Tobias, he's our power forward. It's like, does he play 48 minutes or no? Because I don't really understand. Um, You know, Doc's just one of those coaches, you have your guys, you know, and you, like, like Doc had, Doc had Mike Scott in, in uh, LA. And I think he just, he likes Mike and, uh, and and I don't know, but Scott can't play anymore. Um, Listen, Anthony Sullivan probably can't play anymore either. And I think neither of them will play in playoffs, Um, but I would be more than happy to just throw him Scott's like eight to 10 minutes to uh, see what he has. Uh, Dan, anything on Anthony Tolliver? Yes. And, and, yeah. What do you think?
2: I mean, I think he's probably not gonna not gonna do much. I trust Doc that he's not gonna get a lot of minutes. Um, I I um, I'm not super concerned. I don't. I, I know a lot of people were excited just because you know there were Sixers Twitter people who wanted Anthony Tolliver for a while. Um, he's also I think 35 now, so. Um, I, I don't think he's giving you a ton. He's he's like, you know, been a fine shooter for his career, 37%, um, which is around league average. But um, I don't think that he's really going to be any kind of difference maker. I mean, we all agree those minutes aren't even going to exist in the playoffs. And for a while they exist, it sounds like he won't even be playing in them. So, you know, if he's a good veteran pickup, you know, I feel like we get these guys and, and they do, you know, the locker room has been great this year. And if he can contribute to that, that would be awesome. You know, I love, you know, Dwight keeping Ben after for them to work on jump shots or or yeah. or uh, not virtually, <laughs> getting everybody in the, you know, in the gym after a game to lift or something like that. Like, I think that, you know, if he can, you know, bring, you know, I guess like some kind of, you know, strong work ethic or locker room presence and, you know, people love vets in the NBA, then sure, that's fine. I just don't think on the court wise he's going to really matter much
1: um the other i guess person that that i'm sure we would like to be in the conversation for back up four minutes during the regular season is friend of the podcast paul reed um b-ball paul would i think you know give them a a lot of sort of athleticism and randomness on on the court we love randomness we love randomness that's the whole podcast Um, him and
2: Dwight would be so
1: fun together it'd be hilarious um, I, I think it's very clear that Doc just doesn't trust uh Paul just yet. And and I, you know, I get it, but uh, and I also don't think that Doc thinks that Mike Scott has been as awful as he actually has been. Um yeah, you know, the that added, scares me. the only thing is just that Mike will shoot, you know, he'll take threes, um, which I guess there is mean, some inherent can value in that. Shoot. <laughs> I put you out there. You tell you, Steve, shoot the ball. You could do it. I'll try it. I'll give it a shot. Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, welcome to the team, Anthony Tolliver. Um. He's on a ten day. We'll see. Oh, and also that that other guy's gone with the red hair.
2: Oh yeah, uh, Ignis Bradzikis.
1: Yeah, gone. Uh, sorry, he didn't even make it into a most likely game, which really feels like where yeah. his destiny would have been. Um, he
2: played one game though, which yeah. means. Like, you know, have you ever seen like those like sporkle quizzes where oh, you yeah. have to like, you know, he's going to be a horrible one in a couple of years.
1: Oh, he was yeah, barely going to remember him.
2: Right. No, there's no way.
1: He was a throw in in a trade. He was barely here, but he played in one game. He's going to be impossible. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the last thing, this is going to be a shorter pod. We we have done this will be our third of the week, but this will be out on Monday, whatever. Um, you you seem to have located some sort of game that we can play here before we talk about our preview and predictions for the upcoming week of games. So what do you got? All right, here we go. I Googled Sixers trivia.
2: Okay. This is from usefultrivia.com. So let's hope it's useful. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Here you go. Question one. What were the Philadelphia 76ers originally called? The Patriots, the Founders, the Nationals, or the Senators?
1: That would be the nationals.
2: Yes, that would be the nationals. Syracuse Nationals. All right. Question two. Steve is one for one. Which player holds the single-season franchise record for points? Charles Barkley, Julius Irving, Allen Iverson, or Wilt Chamberlain?
1: That would be Wilt Chamberlain. Yes. Let's go. All right.
2: Yes. Wilt once averaged fifty in a season. Um, that would be leading any franchise. Yes. How many times did Dolph Shays lead the national slash 76ers to the playoffs? <laughs> so we just went from zero to 100. <laughs> yeah, we, we really did. Your options 15, 10, never, or five?
1: <laughs> Ooh. The fact that they included never makes me think it's never. But. I'm going to say 10.
2: The answer is 15.
1: Wow. Damn.
2: I wouldn't, I wouldn't have guessed that in his, here we go. Um, Kyrie's out Monday against the Timberwolves due to personal reasons. Just got that. Um, Oh, wow. Okay. The 12 time NBA all-star Dolph Shays played his entire career with the national slash 76ers from 1948 to 1964 In his 16 year career He led his team into the past 15 times, 15 out of 16 seasons. That's pretty good. Those are like uh, LeBron numbers, really. Yeah. Love it. Thank you, Dolph. Good job, Dolph. Um, (laughs) who, (laughs) Who was the first 76er to have his jersey number retired? Dolph Shays, Allen Iverson, Julius Irving, or Hal Greer?
1: Dolph Shays. Mm, sorry it was hal greer damn it this historical sixer stuff yeah killing we, me we're
2: too young for this all right that was number four <laughs> so you're two for four right um all right which 76er was nicknamed the kangaroo kid bobby jones billy cunningham larry costello or Joel Embiid?
1: bobby jones it was billy cunningham fuck Is i sure. knew it was somebody white
2: damn yeah oh yeah yeah i knew it was i knew it was one of those guys as well all right what kind here we go what kind of animal is the 76ers mascot but how are these these are not the same level of difficulty for real course course dog eagle or cat
1: it's a dog it's franklin
2: it is franklin the blue dog all right yeah which which 76er oh sorry so wait so you're three for six 76er is the only NBA player to retire with more career block shots than points scored. Boban Marjanovic, Swede, Swede Halbrook, Sean Bradley, or Manute
1: Bull? Well, it's not Boban because he's not retired. Um, right. <laughs> um, I don't know who Swede Halbrook is. I'm going to say is. Manute Bull. It is Manute. All right.
2: There you go. So you're seven, four for seven. Here's number eight. Which 76er helped legitimize the dunk as an acceptable tactic? Billy Cunningham, Julius Irving, Wilt Chamberlain, or Red Kerr?
1: It has to be Wilt,
2: right? Apparently, it's Julius Irving. That seems wrong. Before Dr. J, dunking was a practice most commonly used by the big men to show their brutal strength, which was seen as style over substance, even unsportsmanlike. By many purists of the game. Well, mm, love that, a purist. That sounds sounds like the worst person on earth. Right.
1: However. It's a 100% shot. Like, Just don't get in.
2: Yeah. What? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. You're four for eight. He's a purist of anything. Just like the baseball people. Yeah, who like, Don't need Get it. mad if you flip your bat. Like, Get out. Yeah. Get out. Get out.
1: Not doing it I anymore. I agree. You're so gone. annoying.
2: Let's, let's yeah. have fun these days. All yeah. right. Forfer, here's number nine which player holds the 76ers single season record for blocks sean bradley julius Irving, wilt chamberlain or manute bull and i will as kind of a hint for a lot of will's career they didn't track blocks uh-huh
1: so no i've already said not, like four well, of these i can't say Will. yeah um, yeah
2: i'll i'll just eliminate that one because we'll I, he probably say, would be if they counted them
1: i'll say Minute bull
2: it is sean bradley oh. He had two hundred And poor Sean Bradley, he was just in a
1: terrible accident. So I hope he's all right.
2: Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. I hope he's, he's okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So you are fourth for nine. Right. Last one, I think. Oh no, there's a second page. Well, we can stop whenever. Um, here's number, <laughs> here's number 10. How many postseason games did the 76 I know this one? Did the 76ers lose during their 1982-83 championship season? Is it multiple choice? Oh, sorry. One, two, three, or four. Sorry, oh. I just knew the answer, so I didn't. Damn. <laughs> I forgot to say them.
1: All right. You know the answer to this. I really don't. I'll say one. It is one. Good. All job. right. Five for 10.
2: Yes. Five for 10. Um, it looks like there's 20, but I feel like we, I mean, it's really up to you. You want to do another 10 or you want to stop? Send me the thing.
1: I want to give them to you.
2: All right, wait, what do I do? Oh, wait, no, I mean, so you can, oh, I'll send you the link, yeah.
1: Yeah, text um, me the link, and I'm going to do them for you. I can take out some of this dead air if it, if there's a second here. Yeah, I feel like this is good. This is what people want. This is definitely what people want. All right, here we go. So now I'm going to give you between 10 and 20, is that right? Between 10 and, uh, yeah, 11 and 20, yeah. 11 and 20. All right, let's see. Here we go, 11. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Which player was selected with the first overall pick of the NBA draft? It just says the first overall pick. Oh, I guess this means any first overall pick. Yeah. Allen Iverson, Charles Barkley, Julius Irving, Moses Malone. It was Allen Iverson. Whoa. Did you hear that? What? Did that come through to you? (laughs) They did like a ding, ding, ding. Oh, that's nice. Good for, good yeah, front. we'll see if that'll that'll end up on the podcast. We'll see. Which 76er uh, has the highest single-season free throw percentage? Is it Kyle Korver, Mike Gaminski, Dolph Shays, friend of the podcast, or J.J. Reddick? I'm going to go with Korver. Incorrect. The oh, answer – how do I see the answer? I oh, just on...
2: click – if you click that, it eventually will tell you if you click the right one. Oh,
1: Mike Gaminsky, six foot I don't eleven. Know him. Mike Gaminsky, G M I N S K I, was an exceptional free throw shooter, especially compared to other big men. He he shot ninety three point eight percent one year, which wow, seventy really six. Holds the single season franchise record for steals. Steve Mix, Mo Cheeks, Allen Iverson, or George McGinnis. I think it's Mo Cheeks. Incorrect. Uh, Allen Iverson led the league in steals uh, okay. for three consecutive years, 2001, 2002, 2003. Uh, in, and in 02-03, he had 225 steals. That's, that's a lot of steals.
2: Number 14. Hang on. Let's see here. Wait, you wait, are... I'm one for three.
1: Right. One for three. Which player is the 76ers' career leader in blocks? Julius Irving, Samuel D'Alembert, Manute Bowl or Wilt Chamberlain? I guess I'll go with Manute.
2: Love the Sam D'Alembert, though.
1: No Manute. Oh, the answer's not Manute. It's not Sam D'Alembert. Dr. J, he finished with 1,293 block shots, a team record. I thought Sammy D, because he had a long Sixers tenure, I thought maybe he snuck in there. All right, you are one for four. That's Wow, I need
2: more, like... What animal is Franklin? That's, that's the one I <laughs> Yeah, love. I know.
1: I really got off easy with that one. Uh, <laughs> who was the shortest 76ter? Sixter. Greg Grant, Swede Halbrook, Isaiah Cannon, Ish Smith. I, I, I feel like it's not Cannon or Smith. They're not that short. Right. Um, who were the first two? Greg Grant and Swede Halbrook. All right. I don't know either. Um, but I'm going to pick one of them. Uh, I'm going to go with Swede Halbrook because his name was in there earlier. Incorrect. Is <laughs> it Greg Grant? It's Greg Grant. Uh, I I will say I sort of knew this one because in Dave Reuter's book, uh, he talks about Greg Grant. And oh, Greg okay. Grant was five foot seven. He spent nine years in the NBA playing for six different teams. Good for him. Well, you have no excuse then, Steve. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Isn't that your height? No, no, it's not. I'm, I'm a I solid 5'9", 5'10. No way. Oh, I don't know why I thought you told me. I can, you told me multiple times. I always forget. Okay. I tell you every morning. I like to remind you. I know. Um, who was the first Philadelphia 76er to win the sixth man of the year award? Mark Iavarone, Ron Anderson, Aaron McKee, Bobby Jones.
2: Well, Bobby Jones is old, so I'll guess Bobby Jones. But I don't know if he was a, a six man.
1: Maybe he was early on. So, so far, you're one for five. I ended five for 10. So you're going to need a run here. So you guessed yeah. Bobby Jones? Sure. Oh, this isn't That's going That's correct. Well. Oh, you let's go. 1982-83, power forward Bobby Jones became the first ever recipient of the sixth man of the year award, coming off the bench. All right. You are two for six, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which 76er holds the franchise record for most points scored in a single game? Wilt Chamberlain, Allen Iverson, Julius Serving, Charles Barkley. We're going to go with Wilt. That's correct. Uh, so on December 16th, 1967, Wilt Chamberlain scored 68 points in a 143-123 victory over the Chicago Bulls. You are three for seven. That's pretty good. All right. We have three questions <laughs> That's <left>. almost 50%. <laughs> Which player holds the franchise record for most three-pointers in a season? Kyle Korver, Dana Barros, JJ Redick, Robert Covington? I'm going to go with Redick. Okay. I So when I was thinking about this, I thought either Redick or Covington because we shoot so many more threes now right. than we used to. Redick is correct. In 2018 19, JJ Redick set a franchise record for the most three pointers in a season with 240. Uh, Kyle Corver in 04 hit 226. Okay. Um, wow. In 04. Yeah. You are four for eight. Which 76er holds the single season franchise record for assists? Wilt Chamberlain, Mo Cheeks, Ben Simmons, Drew Holiday. I'm going to go. Mo That's Cheeks. a tough one. Mo Cheeks. Correct. Wow. You're five for nine. What a comeback. I got my last five in a row. Yeah. During the 85, 86 season, uh, Mo Cheeks established a franchise record with 753 assists. Um, all right. This is it. This is the question. Either you beat me or we tie. Yeah. Which player won three consecutive <laughs> league MVP awards? Wilt Chamberlain, Alan Iverson, Julius Irving, Moses Malone. Oh wow! Um, I don't.
2: Uh, I know Moses won. I believe Moses won one. The Sixers?
1: No. Yeah.
2: Uh, I I don't know if he. I can't remember. That was obviously I was not alive. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> uh i feel like there hasn't been uh no it it could have been moses i don't i'm gonna go will i don't know i don't think he mm, that's my guess that's my guess
1: final answer yeah correct you win wow will chamberlain er, or earned four regular season most valuable player awards including three consecutive years between 66 and 68 um wow well done this was a good game On to our last thing. Now, normally this is Emily's uh, pride and joy—the standings of of us predicting the uh, the games each week. Um, Oh wait, we have to do. Do you have the text where Emily sent us her picks? I have them. Yeah. Okay. So on the season right now, uh, just so you know, last week Emily and I both predicted that the Sixers would go three and zero. The Sixers instead went two and one. So we went two and one because uh, the Sixers lost to the Pelicans. Dan predicted each game correctly, pulling him into an an exact tie with Emily in the standings. They are both thirty six and twenty one, uh, and I am percentage points behind them at thirty one and twenty six. This week, the Sixers have a tough week. This starts a, a tough stretch for them. They play at Dallas, and then they play home against Brooklyn and the Clippers. Uh, Dan, uh, give me Emily's picks and then, uh, and then we'll get yours.
2: All right, here it is. Um, So, Emily predicted that we will win at Dallas, win at home against Brooklyn and lose at home to the Clippers. Win-win-lots, loss. 2 and one. Got it, two and one. And you? All right. Emily's gonna be mad at me for this one. You ready? Three and zero. Oh.
1: You're playing some defense now.
2: I I I like. I think that we're gonna have a good run here. I feel good about it.
1: I'm going three and zero. Oh. So tell me, uh, you know, maybe we'll, we'll we're not sure when we're gonna locker room, but uh, before the Brooklyn game might be a good time you think that the Sixers will get this win against the Nets um, without Harden and, and at home is, would those be like the, the main reasons that you have them winning that game?
2: Yeah. I mean, I don't know if Harden's playing, the, the Nets just had a bad loss. Um, it's still, I mean, I, I think that for the, for the most part, you know, they scare me, they scare me more as a playoff team than anything. Um, I think, it, was, yeah. you know, it could be a good game. If Harden doesn't play, I, I feel good about it uh, especially. Yeah. Um, I think he's their most important player, but um, yeah, I, I, I I would like to see it. So I'm going to pick it, you know, I really, it's a game that I'm going to really want them to win. So might as well have them win it.
1: Yeah. I've got them three and O as well. I think that uh, against Dallas, that should be a good game. You know, I forget who was saying it during the last Dallas game, but they were saying like the Sixers are really well set up when, when they're playing a team that has just like one, perimeter scorer who everything goes through because Simmons is such a good defender and when they try to run pick and roll and beat is right there and I feel like that's just a really good situation and they did great on uh Luca when they played earlier in the year Luca had Yeah, Ben uh, shut him down. Ben shut him down really well. Luca had seven turnovers in that game. He only took 13 shots. I, I think that uh I'm look I'm looking forward to seeing that game it'll be on the road and it should be a good one. Um each game, each of the next 7 games are all on national TV. So this is a big slate. I hope that uh that the Sixers do well. Do you have anything else, buddy? I don't have anything
2: else. I just I'm looking forward to this stretch. It, it'll be hopefully a really fun one.
1: Yeah. Um always good to see you. Thank you guys all for uh for listening. We'll be back uh with another episode on Locker Room in the middle of this week. We'll let you know when that is and we'll be with a married woman Emily Anderson. Can't wait. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you later this week. See ya.